Ты меня не лечи и не води рукой. Я уже как большой и, сука, сам все знаю. Лучше со мной давай, танцуй или играй. Пой, ну или читай, пой, ну или читай. Thank you, Tim. That was good. What's the translation on that? Well, it's about uh, don't fuck with my brain. Don't talk fuck with my thoughts. Pretty much. It's I would like, never I know, have thought that. I know. It, it I know everything myself. Like a, yeah, it sounded like a love ballet or something. Like well, I just. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much so it. just don't mess with me. Don't man. mess with me. Don't don't. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that you started the show that way. Welcome, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, I know thanks. you're a little nervous, but uh, for me, yeah. you have no reason to be nervous. We're gonna just talk construction. I want to do. Thank you so much for the vino. Yeah, uh, I really appreciate. It. I'm gonna enjoy. It. I'm you're I'm okay. gonna drink this tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna enjoy it Please tonight. Do. Uh, and then I'll think about and also you brought us some some Russian uh, sweets there yeah. which are really nice and again what's the, how's that called it's just um, it's, uh, it's like a nut with a um, dulce de leche fillings in it it's so like, like a, a sweet pastry. cream or something yeah. inside yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's Nutella in, inside that one yeah similar to that yeah. yeah cool so thank you very yeah, much welcome. I appreciate that right? so uh, I just want to let everybody know I'm wearing Schluter's tea today uh, everyone knows that I use Schluter and yeah. so I'm wearing their tea today I want to let everyone know about the deets here so Tim is and it's in Russian it's Hali, no Halimov 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, but in English it's Kalimov Kalimov yeah but say the Russian version yeah yeah Say the Russian. Uh, Make us do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make the white people do that. Uh, Ravine View Construction, uh, www.rvchomes.ca, uh, or you also have, you have two websites. It's the same website. It's just two domains. That's okay, got it. So www.ravineviewconstruction.com, uh, and then to reach out to you is info at rvchomes.ca, and then on Instagram, it's rvc underscore homes. Correct. So first of all, you do stunning work amazing work uh so we're going to talk a lot about that but we're also going to talk about how you got started and all that but i do want to bring up a little something interesting i don't know how familiar you are with the bill the bill uh 23 that just passed regarding the change from doug ford our premier and how he says he's streamlined uh building practices and we don't have to deal with a lot of delays and we're going to be able to build more homes and i uh, recently i just found out that um there's been another bigger problem attached to this so outside of certain large developers buying Greenbelt land that wasn't, um, you weren't able to build on it until this happened, uh, and they built it at the start of the year. Uh, but the other issue now is that cities are already starting to speak up taxes. So what's going to happen is since he streamlined um, all these things about uh, making building faster, He's removing fees that these developers would have paid into, which is going to be a shortfall to governments on a municipal level. And we're talking about a shortfall of 50 to 80 percent. So right now, Markham is looking at raising taxes to kind of compensate for that shortfall. Now, other cities are jumping on and they're saying that by this coming in, you're looking at two hundred and thirty million dollars of lost revenue for each of the cities. Wow. So where are they going to get it back? Taxes. So you're going to tax. Who? From the builder? From the not from the builder. You're going to get it from the lower and the middle class. And that's so it's like the more I dive into this bill, the more I realize that this bill is only benefiting a certain segment yeah. and it's going to destroy another segment. Yeah. 
so I'm not a fan of it. I just wanted to share that, let everybody know that. That I mean, yeah. do your own research and check it out. Yeah, I will. That was the extent of what I wanted to talk about. So, where did it all begin for you, Tim? Well, um, you know what? It's all uh, begun at um, probably around what 2004. Uh, we moved in to Canada in 2004. I went to university. Um, what were you studying? Uh, business and math okay. and economics. All right. I did only one year. I had to drop out because I um, didn't get a loan, a student loan, and I wasn't I wasn't poor enough to get a loan. And <laughs> I love that you put it that way. <laughs> well, that's that's what they said. It's Here's one hundred twenty dollars. They sent me a check. Here's one hundred twenty dollars gift from the government to help you study, and that was it. Um, the first year, I put it on my credit card. I did part time job and things like that. Then I just couldn't do it anymore. I had to drop out. I was still doing a part time renovation. Uh, I was working um, for a company, and um, it, I wasn't planning to stay in construction. Uh, did you do construction back home? No. no. Well, I, I did a little bit as a laborer, as a helper um, for our own renovation. Yeah. Um, that was it. I always liked to work with my hands. Um, so after, uh, after about two years uh, working for this uh, company, I was fired. I was kicked out of the job for my attitude. I was, what, 19 years old, 20 years old? Well, what kind of attitude? Well, I, um, I didn't have enough time in the day to do certain things, and I got shit for it. It's like, why didn't you finish this or that? I said, well, you know, it's 6 o'clock. I had to go home. Yeah. Or 7 o'clock, whatever it was. Yeah. I don't care. You got to finish it. I say, you don't care. I don't care either. And then I was like, go. <laughs> You know, so um, that's not attitude in my eyes. Well, no, I was, in my opinion, I still was right. Yes, but um, and uh, I did have um, side jobs on the go, like you know, two three hours uh, after my uh, work, I go um, do a little renovation, do a little basement, do a little painting, work until about ten eleven o'clock at night. You know, come back home, and I was I was single. I was young. Uh, that's how it all started, and then uh, from there, I, you know, I went. I was driving a '91 uh, Pontiac Grand Prix. <laughs> um, I had like a credit card, fifteen hundred dollars, I think, limit. I went to Home Depot. I bought a table saw. Miter saw the same day I was fired. Okay, uh, and basically that was my first tools. I bought the cheapest tools. Like, would you get rigid? Uh, no, I think it was like Mitre, so it was a mast Mastercraft or something oh, like okay, that. Oh, okay, so yeah, all right. Maybe it was Canadian Tire. Canadian Tire, right yeah, there. yeah. And it works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, from there, it, I got a little bit more jobs, and then I met another contractor. He gave me uh, bigger jobs, and from there, it was on and on and on. I started taking piecework, and first it was in hourly, but then it was piecework, and I, I grew my... Um, Customer base and uh, you know all word of mouth, word of mouth. Yes, yeah, and they were just uh, you were taking on anything, anything. But you were just learning as you were going. Uh, I've learned a lot in the first two years. I knew nothing, um, and um, but I've learned a little bit of everything. I learned a little bit of plumbing, a little bit of electrical. I still made a lot of mistakes, of course, um, but I still learn as as I go. Listen, I still do. Uh, every day, something new. Um, and um, yeah, that's you were by yourself, Tim. Like, were you? I was by at, myself. At one, what one point day. did you finally say to yourself that 
I need to bring more people on because I can't do everything. Uh, when I start getting bigger jobs, uh, bigger full house renos and things like that, I start getting a helper or yeah. two. Um, and that's you know, probably about maybe seven, eight, nine years ago. So not too far into it that you started. So you started growing fast. Uh, and yes and no. Uh, I was doing small jobs for a long time. Like it, 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 to grow a customer base, it takes you it takes few years yeah. to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and when you do uh, small jobs, cheap jobs, um, you know you get probably the same type of customer referrals. Uh, uh, it took me a while. Probably yeah. Probably. About Ten years ago, but that's when I started meeting bigger uh, uh, customers. How did you start figuring out what your price was going to be? Did you do what most of us did, which is basically think about how long it's going to take? This is how much money I want to make for the day, for the week, for the job. So this is what I'm going to charge. That's exactly how I did. That's how yeah, you did it. Yeah. So basically, but we all know that's the wrong way of doing that's it. That's the wrong way, <laughs> and I've lost a lot of money too. Yeah, because we all have a week. Uh, when when you say it's going to take me a week, it takes me two. Yes. And then I pretty much pay for my labor, and I work for free. That's how I ended up doing a lot of jobs too. You know. And I want to I want to go from that to bouncing to today. You're not doing small jobs. You're not doing simple jobs. You're doing, you know, very high, mid to high quality work. Mm -hmm. Did you always see the business that way? Did you, when you got started, did you see that this is where I was going to head? This is what I wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. But you just didn't know how to get there. Yes. So how did you figure out the tools to get there? Uh, it's meeting right people. Um, and I still, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Um, I'm meeting the right people. You mean the right clients or the right tradespeople? Both. Both. Because it makes a difference. Like um, there are certain trades that I cannot bring to a certain client's house, for example. I've, I have uh, a more expensive and a less expensive trades, and I have to know which ones to bring where. Because um, when we work in more expensive houses and the cleaner houses and things like that, it's... I don't want uh, my tradesmen to throw in, in whatever a, a napkin on the floor, a coffee cup on the floor. I gotta watch out for that, right? It's because the you customer know, pays for it. It's too. funny you say that because it's just in the beginning, I was always the guy that would be on site, and I felt like a parent, and I'm not a parent, right? And I got a lot of respect for parents and raising kids and everything like that. But we're grown men and women in the industry. I shouldn't have to follow you and clean up your coffee cup. I shouldn't have to clean up your napkins. Lunchtime was the worst. Yeah. I, I hated, and I would always be loud about it. I hated lazy trades that would have their lunch and leave all their Uber or whatever their food, their containers all open and half eaten, whatever is left over, dirty fork, dirty glass, everything, pop cans. And they just left it that way. I would freak out as if I was like the worst parent ever. Why don't you just clean up after yourself? There's garbage bins everywhere. Yeah. It drove yeah. me nuts, man. So I'm sure you had the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The first thing I do on a job, uh, as soon as we do, if it's a renovation, let's say we have to protect the flooring and things like that. Well, as soon as we protect the floor, I put a garbage bin, put a bag in it. Basically, trash here it goes is. here. Here it That's is. That's it. But it's like you feel like a, a grown-up telling kids all over again, by and the way. And I still do. That's a garbage bin. I still do. <laughs> Still do. I still give shit to some trades. 
once in a while. Why are they like that, Tim? Like, why do you think? Uh, because there are, there's not enough of us um, talking to them like this way. It's, yeah. it's, that's, that's where it is. The, you know, one guy, one contractor out of 10 or 20 is going to give him shit. The other 19 are fine with They're it. They're just going to go with it. Yeah, it's like, you know, I have a guy, laborer, who's going to sweep up whatever at the end of the day, and that's it. You know. Do the guys that you bring on certain jobs know where they their pecking order is like where they kind of see because you don't want to use them on a different job just because that's how they work and you don't want to change the way they work that's right so that but they're aware of that they know that they know that it's a shame because they have an opportunity to work on more interesting projects and bigger yeah. projects yeah. unfortunately learn like i i can't trust it's um it de also depends on uh, how complicated the job is like i cannot bring a certain plumber's electrician to a certain job site for example yeah I know they're going to screw up. I know they're going to make me look bad. Like, it's a simple, uh, they do simple projects, you know, and I'm okay with it, and they do it very well. Uh, but certain jobs, I have to bring certain people. It's a shame that you got to, when you're quoting a job, you got to go through roll call, like your list of trades that you work with. He or she's good, he or she's not good. Yeah. And then you got to put them together. Yeah. That you've got to spend that I know time. already who is going to do this job. Yeah. As soon as I go and meet the customer and meet, uh, look at the house. Uh, and uh, in my in the back of my mind, I already know who is going to work on this. <laughs> so it's know, it's like automatic. Yeah. But, but you're uh, running a business. I, I And yes, and I'm still on site too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, I, you know, the, the drywall guys or whatever say, I'm, I cannot come for the next two or three days. Okay. You know. Put a belt on. Here we go. And start doing it. Well, yeah. Clients Tides, come by. They want to see that the thing is moving. I hate to see the uh, quiet sites. Yeah. I just, I like the quiet sites after six o'clock or seven o'clock in the evening. Yeah. I go walk through. I want a peace and quiet. But during the day, I hate quiet. That's when you sites. get a Some, chance to clear your head. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet sites. Something is wrong. Uh, I know. And the customers don't understand it. I always tell them, you know, uh, there might be a day or two in between trades or things like that. You know, always. Um, just don't be alarmed. You know, if you see it, nobody on site. Because things can't move fast enough for every client. Eh? No, it's never fast. Enough. And then especially when you get to certain milestones, like once you get the drywall on, they think, oh, we're right around the corner. It's going to be finished. No, <laughs> no, we just started. We're halfway. <laughs> we're at the halfway mark now. So 50, 50 meter mark. That's if you're Usain Bolt, you know, running. That's, yeah. that's where we're at right now. But we still got another 50 meters to get to the end. Right. Right. How do you juggle all that? Because you're juggling more than one job, right? Yeah, I usually do about four or five jobs at the time i don't want to go more because i am the site super myself for all of them yeah uh and if i do more let's say four or five then i lose the quality then i just i tried it, it didn't work you physically can't be at more than those jobs right in a given yes week or especially whatever. because we work all over gta yeah. and if it's uh, let's say one job is the east end, the other is the west end. It's just an hour just to drive to one it's job like it's site. Bad, yeah. yeah, and if and if one of the trades is late, then my whole schedule is for the day is done. Yeah, it's which generally happens because they have other jobs or they have personal lives. Well, they have we're traffic. All people, yeah, everybody's got yeah. stuff going on. That's right. Is it still word of mouth? Is it uh, still? Most of it, 90% of it, I would say. Yeah. yeah, you don't focus on any advertising? You don't need to do any uh, advertising? I still, I don't do advertisement, uh, but I keep my social media rolling. Yep. Uh, 
you know, people is going to say, you know, Homestars is crap and things like that. I still keep my page there. Uh, I still pay the money. Um, You're still getting leads from there? Yeah. I yeah. Still, uh, so once in a while I do one or two jobs a year. Nice. Yeah, so it pays, it, pays it pays for itself at that point. It pays for itself, yeah. yeah. If you're not, if you, it's actually a smart move. If you're still keeping it alive and you're getting the work, then it makes sense. Yeah. It's, I have a problem with it when you're not getting any work at all. Or they're putting you in a different class where you're competing against somebody that shouldn't mean the same That's competition, right. right? That's right. So it's interesting that you're still doing that. And I know that you're all Terry on and, and everything's all legit and all, yes. all that stuff, which yes. is, it's a whole other business that you got to run Yeah, at that point, yeah. right? Do yeah. you like it or not like it or? Uh, I, I like it. Um, construction management, I prefer construction management rather than working, uh, being myself on a job uh, every day, actually physically working. Yeah, um, It's more interesting. It's different, completely different uh, task. Uh, to, to manage uh, renovation or construction. What and did you learn over the pandemic? Because obviously we all went through a bunch of stuff yeah. and delays. Did you try to figure out how you can get other kinds of material for the clients ready in time? And yeah, we well, it was, we we made a well, we didn't make mistakes, but um, uh, it took some time to figure it out. You know, with all the delays, of course. Um, I think we still do have delays. Oh, there's still I, a bunch. There's still a bunch of delays. I'm still and trying to figure out why the suppliers are not, they haven't caught up. Or maybe they realize we've made so much money, let's just keep it this way. Uh, yeah, and I know uh, what we usually do is, uh, let's say it's a full house reno. I'm not going to talk about new construction for now. Um, I pre-order all the plumbing fixtures, everything, months before we start the project. Yeah. Because... Uh, if they tell you f four months for delivery, uh, consider at least six or eight, maybe. You have to. You have to. Yeah. So um, that's the only way to deal with it. And I tell the customers right away, today's schedule is is not the same as it used to be two or three years ago. But do you think that, and this has been my biggest problem with clients, they're adamant about certain products, like they are, they are in love with certain products. And so they choose that product. But like any love you can fall out of it right and then you don't love it anymore but it's already been ordered it's already been and it's been specced and you're designing and your plumber your uh, everybody else that's attached to this product is aware of it are they making more changes because of this or are they staying to that depends on a customer um i have to let them know uh what the reality is in terms of getting that product yeah uh, and i have to give them an alternative as well so I say, let's say this plumbing fixture is about six months uh, to be delivered. Here's the one we can get in next month. So it's similar. Uh, it's the uh, same quality. Uh, it's just a little bit different design, different look. What do you want to go for? They make a decision. They make a decision. So I let them decide. That's all if you're if doing. If they want to wait, yeah. okay. As managing the job, you're, just, you're offering up solutions to them. That's, that's, that's what I'm there for, to, yeah. to, to fix people's problems. So you've been in the game. So how long have you been doing the homes section of it now? It's been about 10 years? Uh, the new construction? Yeah, just new construction. No, I just started it uh, probably four or five years ago. Okay. Uh, and I've built a couple of homes. Yeah. Uh, it's about 45, 4,700 square foot. Um, 
that's it for now. Like I'm, I'm still, I need to grow more uh, client base for new construction. I got. But do you need to still build trade base for construction? Are you still uh, considering that? I always that? do. I always try. Yes. I always try to get a referral. Um, uh, just because let's say you have two or three uh, companies that you use on a regular basis from each trade. You never know. Maybe the next day they're not available. You gotta go out and get somebody else. So a, yeah, list. The more uh, contacts you have, the better. Right? Are you getting a lot of guys showing up on the site and just introducing themselves? Or are they yes. taking? The, okay, so there is a lot of that. Yes, there is. That's good. Uh, when let's say we frame the house, there's a lot of um, companies that come in. They introduce the flooring, the uh, the soundproofing, or the lighting, or the uh, the home entertainment. Things like that, yeah. Like finishing touches. But never in the beginning parts. They're never... No. Just rough framing, roofing. Not as much. Not as much, eh? Sometimes we get drywall, but that's it. Wow. Yeah, it's usually more in the finishing stages. Because, um, in my opinion, the the good uh, concrete guys or the framers, they're always busy. they're booked out six to nine months, if not a if, whole year. If not, if not more. And yeah. they're focusing on trying to build a, the, another crew. That's what they're doing. That's right. the, the good guys have several crews instead of one crew. Yeah. And I've said it over and over that if you're in concrete and you're a one crew concrete company, that's a little dangerous. Yeah. I think you need to. And a lot of guys have the issue of uh, they don't want to spread themselves. They want to be there and doing the work and they want to train a small crew. But. I think in concrete, you have to be able to have other crews in as well, right? But it's important to have a good crew, a good site super. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've seen foundations. Bad, huh? Bad. Like Instagram bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's always funny how on Instagram, they'll just jump on the bad concrete guys and they'll take those shots where you see the wall all curved yeah. and there's a gap yeah. and all this other stuff. But they'll never really praise the good concrete. Yeah. Like the straight concrete, the care concrete. Yeah. I'm like, why not just show the good instead of all? Everyone's always rubbernecking. That, there's that, an accident and they well, want to show don't, Why don't you support each other? Yeah. Okay. Support there's a lot of competition in trades yeah, though, right? competition. And then everybody doesn't want to be, I guess, called out or like they want to just nitpick and all this other crap, right? The problem is that when you're so busy, let's say the concrete guys, we're talking about them, um, they're going to say, oh, you know what? This year I'm booked up. Uh, call me next year. Or, you know, I'll book you for next year. You need three months. I say, okay, you want to recommend somebody good? They never do. You know, it's... They won't <laughs> share it. Yeah, and they know they're, they're they know their competition. They yeah, know good guys. Okay, everyone knows everybody. They know. Yeah, they know. But yeah. why not just pay it forward to somebody else and go listen? Reach out to this person. Exactly. Next time it's going to be uh, the other way around. I somebody. get that all the time. I get people reaching out to me. Can you recommend a good this or yeah. good that? And I'm like, sure. Here, yeah. these are the people yeah. that I would just share. I've been enjoying just doing that. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I agree with that. I wish that more and more trades would do that. But I mean, it's the same thing. I think framers do that sometimes because they're so booked. But sometimes it's kind of iffy. Uh, roofers is very competitive. Yeah. They don't want to share. Uh, the bad guys don't want to share. No. I find it's just the bad guys don't want to share. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't want to help. They're out there they don't just for help the money. The, that's yeah, it. that's all it is. But they don't realize that, I guess, karma, just if you help and you help somebody else out, then it might come back at what you. It goes around, comes around. Yeah, it might be helpful for you. All of a sudden, you never know, right? Yeah. I want to ask you, Tim, Like, is there one 
thing that you don't like about construction, even that it, it's still the same that it was when you first got started in small rentals that it is now that you're doing full-scale rentals? Um, probably a bad contractors. Uh, they make uh, the industry look bad. Um, I give you an example. I'm not going to call names. No, no, uh, no, no. But uh, in the last probably three years, um, customers called me. Um, they were building houses. Okay. They hired a certain GC to uh, to run the construction. And uh, probably about 80% of the construction was finished, and there's 20% left. They took probably 90% of the uh, construction fee, management fee money, and pretty much that was it. Um, they asked me to come and finish the job, and you know, uh, I gave them a price, and of course it was too high for them. And first, my, uh, my recommendation was try to finish it with the original GC. Because that's the right way to do it. Because any, anybody you're going to yeah. invite is going to be, first of all, more expensive because I got to figure out what's going on on the job. I got to bring my trades. I got to bring my HVAC guy. I got plumbing and stuff like that. I got to figure out what. And it'll be hard I, for you to take full responsibility of everything. Well, yeah. Say, and right? at, this, at this point, I can do a Otarian warranty. No. For sure. No. no. Like, I don't know what foundation it did. Exactly. So I'm just doing finishing touches now at this point, like installing countertops, appliances, and plumbing fixtures, things like that. But I got to test the whole system. Uh, and they, um, when I ask questions about uh, engineers' visit, or, uh, inspector visits, uh, homeowner never aware of that for some reason. So the contractor never made them aware no, of that? No, because Not even an email? Well, no, because so the contractor, what I've heard, the contractor shows up probably twice a week with some coffees for the guys, 10, 15 minutes walkthrough, out. Cafe contractors. That's what I call them, cafe contractors. They spend more time at Starbucks than they do on the job site. Right. Right? Yeah. So everybody at Starbucks knows their name. Yeah. Nobody on site knows no. their name. <laughs> we know who you are. Exactly. The ones with the, I guess, the pristine clean pickup truck. And oh. whenever they have a phone call, the whole neighborhood has to hear the phone call in, in the truck. Yes. I don't understand that. I never understood yeah. that. But we know who you are. And they about. sit in the truck for half an hour in front of the site. They go in for five, ten minutes and they leave. That's that's not a contractor. No. You're basically a used car salesman at that point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I don't know um, if they're, how they're making money. Um, maybe they're not charging enough uh, on management fee, but taking kickbacks from the trades. I don't maybe. know. You know, um, I prefer uh, to be uh, fair and open with a customer, uh, but I, I got to charge them for it. Yeah. I got to, this is my fee. Yeah. I'm going to be open and transparent with you, um, and honest, and take it or leave it. Like, you know, this is how much I'm going to make. Did you take that job on? No. It was too expensive for the customer. For that, eh? Yeah. They, they didn't have enough in the budget, and I say, I don't want to do it for free. Hey, but, I mean, it's like, I, and I get this, Tim. I get this all the time, and I even got it last night. And sweet woman calls me, leaves a voicemail, gives me this long message about how she's hired a certain trim person uh, to do work. They've done a really bad job. They've left the job now. They've taken all the money. And uh, she got my name from somebody, one of the suppliers, and then she was reaching out to me, and she was just hoping that I could help her out or or just even recommend somebody. And, and I'm like, there's a lot of things going against this right now. I don't know the other side of the story. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I don't know anything. We're a month away from the holidays. 
everybody I know trim wise is not available. I'm not available. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to reach out to her today. I'm going to speak to her and it's just, it's a sad story, but I also, I, I kind of go back to why did she hire this person? And if it was a dollar decision, most of the time, right? most of the time it's a dollar decision. Most of the time. So, I mean, and like you just said, if somebody new comes in, they're going to charge her a certain price because they have to either rip out certain things that have been done that she's not happy about, which is only fair. But now you you're hiring a trim person plus a demo person. Right. And then you're adding so much more costs. And then if you would have chosen a better dollar value, you probably yeah. wouldn't have been in this situation. Right. Yeah. Not always more expensive means better. No. No, uh, but uh, I would say most of the time it is, like at least 60% of the time. I really wish there was, I don't know how to figure this out, but I wish there was a standard of what we should be um, charging or what clients should accept that this is our fee, our, all of our fees, right? Yeah, because right now I feel uh, the construction industry is not charging enough. No. But the customer is not willing to pay a pay lot anymore. more. No. So if we're not charging enough and they're not willing to pay any more, how do you even get into the middle ground there? That's why people start to do the negotiations. It's already done at that point. Well, that's why, um, for example, they give like six or seventy thousand dollars for management fee to build a brand new house, and the rest they take kickbacks. That's how they do it because they don't want to pay two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars to build a house. They'll always argue that fee. Yeah. Right. And that's the only fee they're going to argue. But it's true. That's the first fee they're going to say, oh, you're making $250,000 in a year and a half, whatever. Oh, that's a lot. How much did you pay for your Wolf stove? How much <laughs> did you pay for your Ben's nobody's, car? How exactly. Much? Nobody's talking about you spending $2.5 million to build a house. Yeah. Or $3 million for the lot. But They're not understanding the value that you're bringing in as a manager where you compiled all the trades you've selected the perfect team to come and build this house for you you've scheduled all the material you're dealing with delays you're dealing with returns you're dealing with changes you're dealing with weather you're dealing that's all part of that fee it's not just you showing up every day and saying hello and then if someone's not there and all of a sudden you throw the tool belt on there's a lot exactly and nobody thinks about how many hours you actually spend for for the job outside of that exactly sit down in the office even when you go to bed, you're, you're still uh, yeah, thinking yeah. about the job. Yeah, we dream in two by fours. You know what I mean? It's just like we wake up and there's sawdust in yeah, the bed. There's about How 16, did that 18 hours a day. I know. I know. That, that, that's never factored in. And I always said, listen, do yourself a, fa- a favor one day. S- sit down and calculate. Okay, every time you stopped and I spent about four hours working on this job and this quote, that's today. Tomorrow, three hours. Next day, 10 hours. Whatever it is. Then figure out your hourly wage. And I guarantee you the guy at McDonald's is making more money. Yeah. And then you still think that $200,000 management fee is high. And I'm yeah. like, there's a lot attached to that fee. Yeah. A lot. So it's just education. But, okay, let me share a little bit of history here. Uh, wood preservatives. Anybody's interested in wood preservatives? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Chrom- chromated? Chromia? Chromated? Uh, arsenics? Arsenic? Oh. <laughs> arsenic holes? Is that what it is? Arsenicals. Okay began being used in the 1940s, protects from rotting dew. Okay, so this is all that black. No, that's creosote. Okay, so protects from rotting dew to insect and uh, 
agent attacks and wood boring, uh, marine uh, invertebrates. Uh, most outdoor residential wood used in the 70s to the early 2000s was soaked in this stuff, restricted as of 2004, banned from residential use uh, for use for commercial wood poles, posts, shakes, shingles, permanent foundations, support beams, and pilings. Uh, then you have creosote, which is what I'm familiar with, but creosote was recently just uh, banned, I think, too. Began use in 48, protects against termites, fungi, mites, and other pests. Comes with high temperature uh, distillation and coal of coal tar. Uh, and I have no idea how do you say this. Pent, what is it? Pentol chlorophyllo, whatever. I don't know. Uh, began used in 1950 as uh, biocides, removed from uh, herbicides. Uh, I don't know. Lots of sides here. Uh, in 87, PCP can now only be used uh, for treating utility poles and can only be used in pressure and thermal treatments. It kind of makes me think about pressure treated the way it was back in the day. Yeah, Everyone perfect. was always paranoid about that stuff, right? And yeah. you're, it, it was weird that you touch it and you smell your hands and your hands smell yeah. chemically. Yeah. And then we, then we have lunch. <laughs> and then we touch the wood again. <laughs> so a little bit about wood preservatives. All right. So, Tim, um, what's the best part that you like about construction? The best part? Um, good customers. Happy customers. and um, Delivering what you... Yes. The results. And the perfect schedule i just enjoyed that exists <laughs> have you have you built a house where you showed up like exactly on the date that okay not perfect but pretty good <laughs> schedule <laughs> i was about to say because my next question is how did you figure that out tim that's impossible it happens rarely really but how close did the you renovation get jobs but it's sometimes it just goes once after another it's just smooth sailing i know but, but every change order and then you have a conversation yeah. this is gonna add yeah to you try schedule. to fit in between kind of squeeze it in and rush it and but yeah if the customer has, has to move by september the first yeah well and it's let's say middle of august and you still have a couple of change orders coming it's it's tough yeah that's the biggest mistake that any client who's listening can make do not give a hard date that's not associated with the scheduled date yeah. And your date is associated with a birthday, a holiday, an event, and an anniversary, lunar, I don't know, anything. Do not give yourself a hard date of, oh, we would really love to be in before this. Yeah. But that's not really on the schedule. Especially now. Yeah. Oh, now is the worst. Now. now everyone is just scrambling. And then what I get is I get messages from a lot of trades going, yeah, I'm coming in to start tiling and they're still spraying. Right, yeah, it's a, a lot. It's a lot of that a happens. I know. Not well, not on my sides, but uh, it happens. It happens. It happens, and you can't like the the client is pressuring you as a GC, as a site super, and then you've got to stack trades. And I've never been a fan of stacking trades because there's certain trades where drywall usually gets the whole house, yeah. insulation gets the whole house, right? Framers get the whole house, right? Foundation full house, but then all of a sudden you start getting past that and you get into the finishing stage. Tile guy gets one room. I guess one room. <laughs> <laughs> you get the top floor, yeah. he gets the bottom floor. Yeah. I know, you start squeezing well, it that way. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, you know, because you can't, well, you can't really have, tile guys usually work maybe two or three guys at, at the time. I, I know yeah. a guy that does it all by himself. Even with the tiles getting bigger and bigger? Yeah. How? That's almost a dangerous thing to do. It is, but yeah. Well, sometimes he has a helper with him just to kind of. He comes in for the heavy on. lifting yes, days, but yeah. still. Yeah, but he works alone most of the time. He's pretty good. He's yeah, one of the best that I've seen. I'm not gonna say he's the best because there's no such thing as the best. Um, it's pretty good. 
He's very clean. Who is that you use? You want to share? Or? Yeah, uh, it's his name is Damien. Um, his company is called uh, Netter. Uh, what's his name? Page <laughs> on Instagram. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I, he's just in my phone as Damien Tiles. That's it. As, you know, yeah. what? it's funny you say that. <laughs> and he's from Oakville or Burlington area here. Actually. All of my trades in my my phone, they're all first name and then they're what their they trade. Yeah. It's never first name and last name. <laughs> it's always first name and what their trade is, man. Yeah, his his last name is Netter. Yeah. M e t t e r. Um, that's his middle name his last name is still tiles <laughs> yes <laughs> matter custom designs or something Got like it. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that we're like that but um, and he's a good guy he does good work very good guy yeah. yeah who do you use for trim I'm curious trim uh, there's one Polish guy Damien is also Polish um, his name is Chris uh, he's also one guy plus a helper kind of operation wow uh, yeah he's not on social media nothing like that um He's on the Zop site. He's doing work on the site. That's where he's at. Yes. Yeah. He's doing on. He's always he's always busy. He's always uh, like I call him. He says I'm probably six months booked up or something like that. I have like five or six custom homes in front. It's it's ahead of time. It's because like, he comes in. He's there for six to eight weeks sometimes. Probably right. Yeah. Yeah. To do all the work for the new house. Yeah. Yeah. He's there for about a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many doors, frames, yeah. paneling. Sometimes he builds cabinets. Uh, on site on like, site yeah and so then he's the there even longer man yeah. yeah it depends on the job yeah and then uh, i'm just curious about trades that you use so drywall who do you normally use um there's a couple of companies that i've used and again you gotta stay on top of them especially taping okay um one is uh echo drywall it's uh, brazilian guys okay uh hamilton and the other one is um target drywall Portuguese. I don't uh, know them. Joe okay. Botelho. Okay. And uh, Alcindo. Okay. These are guys who are And they're good guys? Good guys. Alcindo's a good guy. Yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe yeah. is a good guy too. Cool. Uh, but they do pretty good work, but the taping, you always have to stay on top. Like I always come in with a light and... They're not doing their own light? They do, but they say, ah, oh, it's good enough sometimes. You know, it's, I love yeah, that. They always I love after, that phrase. Uh, after yeah. priming, they usually come back. And there's still some some issues, eh? Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes even I don't see it before it's primed. It's sometimes there's so much dust on the walls. It's you yeah. prime it, yeah. and then you see uh, everything comes up. So what are you What are you planning for next year? Oh, are you thinking there's going to be a recession or not? I think we already are in a recession. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you print so much money, there's not guarantee it's, it's coming but are you seeing the change in the attitude of the clients yes okay they uh, I already feel a slowdown a little bit um customers i i had three jobs already postponed till next year well that's what they so say. they were supposed to start this year they were supposed to start now yeah september october and they say you know what let's uh, let's wait um do you think that they'll push months. even further or are they uh that depends what's gonna happen uh uh, in this city. world yeah, yeah this everything world, that's so, going on but, uh, i don't see the the specs homes the construction of spec homes the flipping yeah it's going to slow down yeah the custom homes uh where people buy lots build them and move in i think it's still going to go because yeah. if the, if you have 20 million dollars or whatever 10 million dollars to spend on a house you will you, know, um, you hang on to it and you sell it when it can bounce yeah, back yeah it's the ones that can't carry it exactly that's if one. you have if you're mortgage then yeah you're gonna think about it 
But if you're paying cash for the whole job, um, it's going to go. Same thing with the renovation. If people have money, they're going to spend. If they're taking a loan to pay for it, then it's going to stop. It's going to slow down. They're going to yeah. push. Yeah. But I, are you seeing a lot of clients that are signing the contract, getting it ready, and then just revising the start date? Yes. That's what you're seeing. That's right. Which is a sign of something. Yeah. It's well, like, it's you know what? Let's wait for about two, three months. Let's see what yeah. we have. Or something can come up. I had to kind of spend my money something else. What are you thinking about doing if it does slow down a little bit? You're just going to focus more on the renovation side of the business? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love renos anyways. I, to be honest, I, I, I enjoy it more than I enjoy uh, const- new construction. And I'm not talking about just the uh, retrofitting renovation, kind of rip out the kitchen, put a new kitchen in. I'm no. in talking about, let's say, a 100-year-old house where you have to build an addition, underpin, these kind of renos. Yeah. That's what I love. It's, it's a challenge. It's problem solving. It's a challenge. But yeah. it's also a problem collecting. Yeah. yeah. Y- you discover a lot of things you discover. There's things. a lot of change orders, a lot of extras. Yeah. This is what I don't like. But uh, the actual construction portion of it, I enjoy it. You're getting a lot of clients that you're working with asking for a bunch of new technology stuff. They're battery chargers for the cars, uh, home automation, all kinds of the new tech stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, that depends on a customer. Not so much, no. Okay. Uh, they always want to go kind of stick to the old stuff. White kitchen, I'm not going to say what no, style. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't want to hurt my feelings. Everyone knows that. It, everyone's asking for shaker. Exactly. That's all so it is. Shaker and chantilly lace, right? That's all it is, right? Quartz countertop with a vein in it. That's that's how they know it, right? <laughs> they all want to go safe route and the they're not uh, asking for nothing. You try to um, give them examples or samples of something interesting, something new. But uh, it's interesting, Tim, that you're presenting other options not because you're sick of that. You're presenting other options because of the personality of the people yeah. that are going to move in here. Yeah. So you're looking at their personality, either the couple or the family, and you're like going... You guys really are not quartz, white vein, white shaker, chantilly lace people. Yeah. But here's some suggestions. Yeah. But they always go right back to yeah. that. Most of the time, they just play it safe and just go shaker. Is yeah. it more because they think they're going to sell one day? Or is it more because they don't want to take I think it's chance? because of resale. Resale, eh? Yeah. I've done some interesting jobs with different kitchen colors, green or whatever, blue and People love it, but that's their personality. They're not planning to move. They are saying we're here to stay for the next, whatever, 10, 20 years at least. Uh, and they do it for themselves. They enjoy it. They enjoy, enjoy it. it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. What would you do in your own house? I'm curious. Oh, I don't know yet. My, my house needs a reno. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, and every other GC out there's uh, house needs a reno or is in a state of a reno right now. Yeah. That's like how I am. It's just, it's constantly going that way. Yeah. Whenever you can find time. And I can't, I cannot bring trades to my own house. That's, that's the way, as, you know, we installed the windows and then the trim work took me probably a month to do a trim and then another three weeks to paint them. It's because I, I, it's my I know you don't have <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I know, I know. Trust me. Uh, not because I don't want to spend money on somebody else, but it's just I feel like I have to do it myself. But it's funny that you almost have to take six months off to yeah. do it. Yeah. But how can you take six months off to do it? Yeah. 
You can't. I, I'm probably going to do it if I decide to sell. I'm going <laughs> to. So then you'll go right back to Shaker, yeah, right back to course. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that probably. I'm going to try to do something else because all this Shaker stuff is, 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 is driving me nuts. It's too. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't stand it. No. I just can't stand it, but I, I'm just waiting for it to stop. I don't know if it'll ever stop. Yeah. I think people will always choose that because it's the safest way to do it. Yeah. I've been, uh, we, the last couple of years, we travel so much in Ontario uh, just because of uh, the traveling restrictions and things yeah. like that. Uh, we've visited a few cottages and some of the cottages' designs are so beautiful. I just love that, like the rustic style. Um, I think you even mentioned in one of your shows, uh, no upper cabinets, just open shelves. I, I saw it. I loved it. It's, I don't care what anybody says. I think it's smart. Yeah. I think yeah. it's smart, right? I, I think the majority of the reason that they don't want to do it, they don't want to constantly be cleaning all these things that are on this shelf. But these are the things that you use every, every day. day. <laughs> exactly. So you are going to clean it yeah. regardless. You use it, put it in the dishwasher. Use it, wash it in the sink. Yeah. And by then the put time, it back By the, the end of the day, that shelf is empty. Just yeah, if you that, have to wipe it, just wipe that's it. That's the whole point of it. So Do you think inside of the cabinets is any cleaner? No, no, but it, you don't see it. Yeah, well. Or the guests don't see it. Yeah, at, I know. at least that. There's, there's, you know what? That's when you get your best ideas when you travel and you yeah, go look at other exactly. spaces, right? Yeah. But a lot of cottages nowadays, Tim, are like they're not cottages; they're homes, man. They are. I like getaway homes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they are. They're just homes with a lot more trees around it. Yes. And a body of water yeah. next to it, right? But yeah. they're they're very ultra high end kind of, but yeah. good quality. And it's funny that they always try new ideas there. Yeah. But they won't do it in the house because that space is usually either for themselves. Or for renting, not for sale. Personality. Yeah. It goes back to that. So why not do it in your home? Home. Because, again, they're thinking about resale. <laughs> I think it's they know too many real estate agents. Probably. They have yeah, to they stop, say, speaking, oh, yeah. start yeah. speaking to more that's, trades people. That's, that's what agents uh, that's recommend. What, that's what they totally recommend yeah. over and over. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, tool brand, what are you, Matt? You got to be Makita. No, DeWalt. No. You're DeWalt? Yeah. I'm DeWalt for impacts and uh, drills. Uh, miter saw. Yeah. Um, table saw is Bosch. Um, and uh, the jackhammers are Bosch. Uh, the rotaries. Miter saw? Miter saw. Uh, DeWalt. Oh, so it's 12 inch slide. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I've tried. Corded or cordless? Um, I prefer corded. There's no judging here, by the way. <laughs> None whatsoever. I prefer corded except for impact drivers. Yeah, of course. Uh, just a corded saw, corded miter. Yeah, it's it's more reliable for me. Yeah. yeah. And as a GC, you make sure there's always power there. Yeah. Yeah. I have a big couple of big generators, you know, yeah. if, in case Even there's no then, power. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're not constantly charging batteries or carrying batteries. And batteries are getting... There, I bet you one day batteries are going to be bigger than the tool. And that's where it is. They put what is 40, 60 amps now. <sighs> it's crazy. And crazy how big they're getting yeah. and how heavy they're getting. And I guess they charge the same amount of time. And the cost of them too, the batteries. Oh, it's like 400 bucks or something. You can recycle them too. It's <sighs> Unfortunately, that's. What do they do with them? I know that they have certain shops will have places where you can drop off dead batteries. Yeah, but you can't recycle the lithium. Nothing at all, right? Lithium, no. It's garbage they just go in the ground so then you gotta buy another one then you gotta buy another one and look at the price of them it's like two batteries like two hundred dollars for let's say the wall 
It's crazy. For 20, yeah. Then there's two platforms. You got to get the large ones and then you got to get the small 12 volt ones, yeah. right? So you have the smaller tools that you're doing intricate stuff because it's, you don't want to hold that weight. Yeah. And then like the cabinet guys were like that. Yeah. Yeah. They have them small tools. Yeah. So it's good that you got a little bit of a mix of kind of things. Yeah. Right? It depends. Yeah. I don't stick to one brand, but it just, I try it and I see what I, I thought I like. for sure. Maybe Makita. Makita. I, for me, I think Makita makes the best impact drivers, that, but that's it. That where it ends. That's it, huh? <laughs> Maybe just, I don't just don't tell that to all the Makita guys, right? Yeah. Any employees? Is it employees or sub trades? Most of them are sub trades. I have. Uh, I always have a couple of guys uh, working with me full time. Yeah. Uh, but most of them are sub trades. Younger guys. Uh, I try to have younger guys. Yeah, just because carrying lifting and things like that they're, no, they're no hungry back. they yeah. want to learn they want to yeah. well yeah the, whoever doesn't want to learn out the door Gone. yeah do they want your job too fast uh no um but um whoever wants to learn um i always give them the opportunity i've had uh, a couple of guys they're probably going to listen uh, to the show uh now uh, they're probably four or five years on their own now um on the separate uh, companies and they're doing okay yeah they're doing well but they still talk to you and they yeah, yeah we still work together yeah. once in a while i ask them for help they ask me for help Listen, i don't i don't like to burn bridges i don't know i try not to anyways yeah uh you never know where you're gonna end up i encourage everybody that gets in you want to learn you're ready to go go i, Listen, I in back of my head be, i know that one day you are going to go you're going to be better than me i'm going to be happy for you. yeah that's all it is right i taught you something and you learned and now you're taking it but then you're not going to know everything so you might want to call yeah or reach out yeah. or pass by always i get the call from them because there's certain things they still don't know on the more complicated jobs you know i'm happy to uh, help them Plus, it's also might be an opportunity to work together. Maybe you come across a job that's like way too big and yeah. you don't want to take it on your own, yeah. right? I mean, I don't encourage anybody that's just got started in the business to take on a 10,000 square foot house. No, no. Like that's no, just, don't. you want to do it for your ego and you want to yeah. do it for Instagram, but, you know, okay. be careful. Take your time. Yeah. Don't rush. I always say, you want to do something fast, do it slow. You know. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Because you're not going to make any mistakes. You're just going to go slowly but surely right through the project. I noticed that like a few years ago in construction, everybody was using Instagram for all the right reasons. But in the back of my head, I always kept on thinking the clients could actually say, we don't want our house featured on Instagram. So can you please remove that? Do not take any photographs. Do not all that. And I'm seeing now a lot more clients are asking for that. And it, it, in all fairness, as much as this might sound hypocritical to me, if I was doing my own house, I wouldn't want to show anybody what I'm doing in my own house. I would want that privacy, right? But at the same time, they want to see your portfolio. They do want to see your portfolio. See, so that's where the contradiction comes yeah. in, right? But you have to respect the, the uh, home. What, yeah, the homeowners, everybody. For but sure. I'm noticing a lot more trades are telling me that they have their clause, so they'll put it in their contract where we can take photographs, we can share it. We won't share the location. We won't show, share the family name or anything like that. Yeah. We'll keep it kind of as private as much. But we definitely want to share you know, the work that we're doing because that's how we get work. But I think a lot more clients are saying no to that, and they have every right to say no to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right? So you just got to kind of go with it and figure out how else can you do this right i don't put it in my contract um, but closer to the end of the job i always ask him i say can we take pictures when we're done finished product yeah, right finished product yeah. if 
you know, they don't want to share the names or address. And well, we usually don't share the address anyway. So we just name the project and we just go buy it. Um, and that's it. If they're fine with it, sure. It was really funny how when Drake was building his Champagne Palace here in Toronto, uh, every single trade had to sign an agreement that they couldn't photograph, discuss it, share it, nothing. You wouldn't be able to do the job. And they were doing that because the builder was keeping all of it because he had the exclusive rights to photograph the house when it was finished and take the full credit, right? It's his job. It's his job site, right? But I mean, no tradesperson was allowed to document anything which is kind of a good and a bad thing, but I get it. It's such a high-profile build. Um, but, I mean, it was unfortunate that only one person was allowed to take all that content. Yeah, and a lot of times um, the trades don't get credit for working on this. Oh, 100%. Most of the time, I would say. Yeah. Who built this house? It's either the name an architect or the builder. That was it. Even though they actually, yeah. Well, architect did a nice job, uh, designing the, the house i know uh, I builder know. did a nice job uh managing it but who actually built it you gotta give credit to all the you gotta give credit to the crew and i've tried as much as i possibly can have some sort of get together at the end of a project and yeah. get the permission from the clients and i've gotten permission before and let all the everybody come back yeah. come back and check out the finished work because they don't they never get that opportunity yeah. right they see it in pictures but nothing's Pictures don't give you the same yeah. satisfaction that you do if you yeah. walk into the place, right? Yeah. And a lot sure. of clients are nice about that. Um, a lot of clients want to just get rid of you and get out and they want to use it. But, I mean, I, I still want to give it to the, the trace people that yeah. they worked Maybe on. Yeah, like it. a few days before they move in or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think the that's important to vacant, do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot for us to, to revamp the whole industry, right? That's the thing about it. But uh, let me share a little bit of OBC talk here lumber siding uh you're not doing you're doing mostly brick and stone brick stone yeah we do sometimes we do um hardy board yeah you like it i like it um it's not easy to work with yeah it's hard to cut and work with it stinks it's dusty and things like that but i think it's it's pretty durable yeah looks nice it does uh lumber siding must be sound free of knot holes loose knots through treks and splits and a maximum of 11 and a quarter inches wide that's the maximum we can go uh drop rustic novelty lapped board and vertical wood siding must be at least uh five eighths thick uh bevel siding must be at least five mil thick at the top and at least 12 mil which is a half inch uh at the butt and for siding up to seven and a quarter wide and then it's a five eighths thick for siding wider than seven and a quarter inch uh lap match joints or vertical wood battens must prevent water from entering the joist have you used mostly wood or using now pvc batten boards i've used i think once i've used wood uh, siding and the rest was, of it is all pvc um the, the rest was yeah 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 I know that I've been seeing a lot of it now. Um, overlap must be at least one mil per, nine point five mil of width for matching siding, twenty five mil for lap uh, bevel siding, and then twelve mil for vertical battens and sixteen mil for other options. Tim, what do I want to know? What else do I want to know? What's the uh, wife think? Are you married? Sorry. Yes, I am. Second time. Does she um? Say <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> um. It's just, I always like it's funny how I don't have a wife. I don't think I'll ever go to the wife tree. Uh, I'm not saying there's a tree. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's, it's fun. It's, <laughs> it's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I, I just, I, they, I guess the majority of women that I've seen in my life, they've always expected that you can build anything and everything in your own home. Yeah. But we don't have before. the time to do it before. Before you do it, somebody else. Yes. Oh, you do so much work at this customer's house. Okay. I know, uh, I know. Why is our ceiling exposed? Why is there pigtails? Yeah. I know the name of it. They're pigtails. You know what I mean? Why are they hanging there? Oh, my wife is, uh, is, is happy. She's, she's okay. She understands. She understands yeah. that there's a payoff at the end, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, she knows. It's a lot of stress on the significant other, and when you're a contractor, we're dealing yeah. with their families. We're building for them. We're taking care of the sub trades and their families, and we're feeding them work. And then you've got to come home, and you have your family. That's right? that's where it is, also. And you, you spend so much time at work, um, and when you come home, your your brain it's it's difficult to switch yeah. as well. Yeah, you come home, you can't just forget about the work. It's still having dinner and talking to your wife but sometimes in the back of your head there's thoughts about work what's happening tomorrow what happened today um and it maybe maybe that's one of the reasons a lot of marriages in construction fall apart too uh because guys work a lot six seven days a week 10 12 14 hours a day and things like that uh lately uh i stopped doing that i said you know, what did you give yourself how many hours or I come home, try to be home by six o'clock, um, and um, Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I try to take off. So not even get on the site on either day. No, Sundays we unless never, it's an emergency. Yeah, or something, exactly. Right? Yeah, emergencies or tight schedule or something like that. I, you know, customer moves in on Monday, I have to finish on Sunday. Yeah, we do that. But ninety uh, percent of the time, it's Monday to Friday. Let's say from seven a.m. to six p.m. on site. That's it. No more because you know. Now I think it's important. It's important. Yeah. I now I have an eight months old baby, uh, and you know I got a uh, first four years is important. After that, it's 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 you know you miss you miss your you miss uh, so much. Yeah, you miss so much. And I you say, don't want to no, miss so much. I don't want to miss so much. No, I I gotta be home. I gotta stay home. I gotta spend time with my family. But this is construction. There's no time clock. There's no punch clock. There's no, no customer. Will, will always try to push. They're always going to say, I got to move in by this date. And whether you work five days a week or seven days a week is not going to make a difference. Not, not, not for me anyways. It can get so emotional sometimes though. Eh? Like you just, if it can't get done by this week or whatever, but there's so many other variables that are affecting, we didn't achieve that. Like if you had something planned or whatever, but then you can't expect the GC to give up their own personal life to no. try to achieve this. No, everybody has a life. Yeah, and I tell also I tell the customer I say we work Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If uh, one of the trades want to work, he's gonna come on Saturday. Sundays we don't work. Everybody has personal life. Go home. I don't want you on site. Plus, it's nice and calm. Yeah, like the neighbors will appreciate that. That's that's another thing. There's a noise bylaws and things like that. Too. Yeah. I, I try Technically, to, we're not allowed to work on Sundays. No, we're not. Yeah. Well, we are allowed rules. to work. We're not allowed to make noise. Noise. Yeah. yeah. So that's when you get the trades that come in that are quiet trades, yeah, right? Yeah, painters and things like that. Yeah, you can tile guys even. Yeah. It's okay if it's work. he's working inside the house, nobody can hear him. But if there's compressor running, saws and framing and things like that, no, you can. I'm curious about how, how do we get the clients to understand that we're being underpaid undervalued for the service that we're delivering uh, i know this is a, a hard question it's a hard question but um i think you have to establish yourself once you are established then you can get paid enough 
but for your own company. Yeah. For the average, I think it's still going to be underpaid. I think there's a, this problem is for not just for construction industry, for anything else. Like, in my opinion, even cars. Yes. Let's say uh, cheaper cheaper cars. I don't think they're making enough money. Let's say if you sell cars for twenty thousand dollars, I think that car is worth more if you like actually take it apart, yep. part by part. Yeah. Why more expensive car charge more? But do you think it's because clients think that they can also do it too, but they're not doing it because they want to hire somebody else to do it? They think that our our skill set is easy enough to duplicate. I disagree with it, by the I, way. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I disagree with it also. It's it's not easy. Like, if your customer wants to do it on its own, sure, do it. There's a lot of DIY stuff. There's a lot of books, yeah, but you, websites. But then you see a look at it, and some customers bragging about it, and you look at it, yeah, well. I know. You can, yeah, it, it you, looks like you did it yourself. Yeah, it does, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does look like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of clients that are becoming real estate agents and they figure, well, let's just build it. We'll save the management fee. We'll handle the real estate as well. Oh, so yeah. we'll save the other fee there. So you're saving all this money, but you don't have the experience about the whole thing. And it's not really, you're not really saving also. Um, oh. when, a when a GC, um, charges for a management fee, um, he's also getting a better pricing from suppliers and from trades. Homeowner doesn't understand that. Uh, when a homeowner hires somebody, it's always more expensive. So it's a basically a wash. So they're paying the same amount of money, uh, but they're getting a worse service and probably a worse product at the end of the day and a worse schedule. It's hard to see good quality material, brand new, being installed incorrectly, and then it doesn't look as good. But in their eyes, it looks good enough. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't know. They have they nothing to compare it to. Yeah. We've seen a lot and we still see a lot and they don't. So <sighs> I'm just it's a it's a constant battle. It's a constant fight. It's just uh just hire I, I still we're all professionals. Every tradesperson, G C everyone has does, sets sets up a business in construction. We're professionals no different than any other professional in any other industry. Mm -hmm. So then but I just find that with us, they think that they can do it. It's easy enough so they can do it, right? Yeah. It's all those arts and crafts projects. Like I, I cringe when I see videos either on TikTok or IG and people doing wood paneling walls. Yeah. And they're using like products that I, like you know when you finish yeah. seeing it, crack here, yeah. split here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, this is the reason why this is all going to happen. Yeah. Oh, we want it to be rustic anyway. Well, that's not rustic. That's <laughs> crap. That's crap. Yeah, it's crap. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. But I mean, there's there's reasons on how the professionals do it. And yeah. when they're gluing or they're clamping, they're cutting, they're shaping, like it's, and then it's designed to never split or never crack. And But it frustrates me, yeah. man. It frustrates me. And then, yeah. And then they call you and say, can you fix it? I get those calls all the time. Yeah. And I, in the beginning, sure, I wanted to be the Superman, and all of a sudden you try to help out and be that person that can help them out. But, I mean, how many people can you help out when you're not even helping out your own circle of friends or family? They should be priority first. Yeah. Once I take care of that, sure. I joke with my siblings, yeah, I'm booking 10 years from now. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's when you might see me. And then they'll hire somebody else, and I'll come by, and I'll just like, okay, I'm not going to say a word yeah. because they just didn't want to wait or whatever can't do anything about it 
But then you do something in your own place and they come by and they're like, how'd you do that? Mm, I waited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. I waited and then I figured it out. Waiting actually allows you to figure out problems. That's what it is, yeah. Right? Yeah. So don't, don't rush. Just just take your time. I like take that. I like that you say that. Don't, yeah. Don't <laughs> rush. Just think about it. That's it. What, uh, what else do you want to share, man? Um, what are you driving? You're driving a Ford. No, Chevy. Oh, you're driving a Chevy? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Uh, pickup trucks all <laughs> look the same for me. No, 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 no. no. I just, uh, yeah. why not? Oh, no, a pickup truck makes sense for a GC. Yeah, I used to drive a van until I flew off the highway. And, uh, about, what, 10, 2000? I can't remember. 10. Flew off. Well, I, it was a black ice. Ouch. I, I spun and I hit the guardrail, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, it was. I wasn't going that fast, probably 80 kilometers an hour. Wow. But I just hit the black ice and my van. It just and for some reason, I thought that day, I said, okay, I'm not going to buy a drive van anymore and I'm going to buy a pickup truck. And even, even though I put winter tires on all the time on any cars, including my truck. Even the truck? Right? Even the truck, yeah. Back in my day when I was just getting, I guess when I was much younger and I had a Nissan King Cab and uh, you put the blocks in the back there to put some weight in there. All that did was just the blocks would just dance around everywhere and it, <laughs> Ding and hit and back and forth, but every guy did that. Yeah, put blocks in the back, thinking, yeah. yeah well, a little bit of weight, couple oh, of cement, cement, cement bags yeah. or something. But what if you did get into an accident and all of a sudden you flip it? Now you got projectiles at that point, right? Yeah. And it, yeah, it yeah, wasn't a smart all over the place. Yeah. yeah, I know you don't want that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so pickup trucks, so Chevy, and you're happy with it? Yes, uh, this is my second one. Um, I just bought it last year. Um, one before I drove for about nine or ten years, so last about that nine long. years, yeah, yeah, and it was still in good condition when I sold it. It's just um, the, the the kilometers was uh, over three hundred thousand kilometers on it. I said, you know what, it's time to sell before something happens. Are you majority of the trades coming on site? Are they more pickup trucks or van guys? Uh, pickup trucks now, especially the young guys. Really? Yes. Um, th again, depending on the trade. The trade, yeah. De depending on the trades. Uh, even you take tile guys. One tile guy comes with a pickup, the other comes with a van. A, v a pickup truck for a tile guy? I don't know about that. There's so much to put in the back there. Uh, he, he, if he works in, by himself or with a helper, with 10 bags or 12 whatever 20 bags well you could also put a, you could drop a whole skid of mortar right on the back you could drop a whole skid uh, of tile. I, yeah but you're not doing it uh you're not going to use it that much in a day anyways no so he's no. going to bring 10 15 bags whatever he's going to use in a day uh he has his toolbox a uh, saw and grinder that's it that's all you need and that i'm talking about this damien guy yeah yeah it's it works for him it's easier to I guess it's easier to park or get around the city as well, too. Yes. If you're downtown, yeah, right? Yeah. Where are you building? Are you building all the way into the core? And how far north uh, are you going? North York, uh, Bathurst, Lawrence, Avenue Lawrence area. Okay. Lytton Park area. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of construction going on. Yes. There. There's probably every house, like uh, every fifth house is, or seven houses under construction or something like that. Yeah. That's funny. Another 20 years from now, Tim, all those houses will be all redone again. Yeah. Yeah, in fully. Next, well, in the next twenty years, they're gonna be a Reno in each house. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some people move in in a brand new home, not our house, and they start a Reno the next day. Really? Yeah, yeah. They don't like the cabinetry. They don't like the flooring. They don't like something. They a brand new Reno. Brand new Reno. Brand new house. Oh, really? <laughs> huh? 
They don't like Shaker. That's why they're doing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Some of the stuff they just redo right away. Or they do, well, landscape. Yeah, okay. That's If the landscape is not done, they do landscaping. They put a pool in and things like well, that. Well, I mean, it keeps us busy. So yeah. everyone's working, but it just keeps the city, that neighborhood, the street. So I see the occupied. faces on the neighbors, yeah. man. We always, anytime I put the sign up or a fence up, I have I get a face from the neighbors, and but I always go and introduce myself. I try I to be nice about it, but it still doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You always fight with them. And you'll get the one or two neighbors that have been living there forever, don't want to renovate. I'm gonna die in this house, and they just give you the the grumpiest face, yeah. right? Yeah. They're just like, why are you creating all this congestion? I just want to wake up and then walk. It's the more in the new construction than the reno. Yeah. Even if you're building an addition, if you're still occupying the street with trucks and things like that, you still put a fence, but it's more about uh, it's new the, construction. It's, it's the bigger toys that show up, yeah. right? So they know that the excavator shows up. They know the concrete truck show up. Yeah. They know the pump truck shows up. They Like, it's just big toys for such a small But we do that same thing in the Renos, too. I yeah, know, but, they're not but they don't look at it the same no, way. No, they don't. They, they walk by it, and there's a, no house there one day, and all of a sudden there's a house one day. Yeah, and it's bigger than mine. Yeah, and that's, then, that's, then that's, that's a whole other thing, yeah. right? So then they get upset because now you've made a bigger house. Yeah, but you're forgetting that I'm making the street more valuable, more interesting, better. You try to explain that to them. It doesn't work. <sighs> you, have, you try to have a conversation, but you're you still try. a bad guy. Yeah. You're still and the bad you, guy. you just get bad words in return and what style of house haven't you built yet or you want it built modern yeah i want to try it yeah like a proper modern right? proper modern haven't found a client glass. to do it yet no not yet mm. even a reno no really i've yeah um i almost well i signed the contract but it got canceled at the end of the day it was probably five or six years ago uh, i was supposed to be like a modern reno beautiful beautiful and design yeah and then they ended up selling the house and moving so i don't know where they are now so are you dealing with architects and designers a lot or are you um yeah. i i do uh sometimes um probably about 30 percent of my projects yeah yeah and um depends on the size of the project as well I always recommend the interior designer, especially for uh, bigger renos. Because you don't want the responsibility. I don't, over, and over. I always say, don't ask me for color selection. But they still styles. Do. They and do. They still will. I give them my opinion, but I never give them my advice on on the finishes. Because then you're on the hook for it. Yeah, and it should be somebody else. Yeah. Or if it's you, there'd be an invoice attached to this. Well, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and they have a hard time paying you as the GC manager. No, they, they, they don't design, mind. They right? don't mind. Yeah, to pay somebody else a big bucks, but to go shopping and yeah. to go. Yeah, I try to help them. I go. I take them shopping. Just so you know, I, I say oh, here's this store for tiles or things like that. Uh, but yeah, I try try not to do it, but I still do once in a while. Because but I don't recommend the the colors and nothing like that. You can't because they'll be upset or they'll be they'll change their mind or it's just it's like it's not really part of your wheelhouse. But I go back to is the invoice. Like uh, how many times have you been asked to do site visit Venings and a designer, architect, engineer shows up there? Yeah. They're all being built. Yeah, but yeah. you're not. Not. At and all. you're standing around going, I need to go take care of this. I need to yeah. go f work with this guy, this trade, that thing. Yeah. But you're not being built. Never. 
And if you try to, then you're the bad guy. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's I'm paying a management fee already. To manage the trades and the site, yeah. Yeah. right? So when I there's know. a problem that arises from an error from the engineer or the designer or the uh, architect, that's outside of that management. Yeah, right? yeah, and like also that probably depends on who pays your designer, who pays your architect. If it's part of your package, then kind of you are responsible. But most of the time, it's not. Most of the time, it's direct responsibility uh, from between the owner and. But they have extras too. Oh yeah, like well, I mean, even if it's a if it's a mistake or whatever, yeah, the engineer's still going to bill. Oh yeah, site visit, architect's still going to bill site visit. Of course, and then the interior design is going to to discuss things. They're going to bill. Yeah, but it's just we can't bill. No, no. Well, that's that. We don't get paid enough. No, it goes back to this, but I just don't know other than educating the clients that the responsibility. Um, yeah, once they get more experience, maybe on the first renovation, they they wouldn't know. Uh, but if they have to do it again, second house, a third house, maybe they start to understand or at least see it. But most clients are going to go through one major renovation yeah. once in their lifetime. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess less than, less than 10% are yeah. going to go through a second renovation or even a third renovation. Yeah. So um, I do have uh, repeat clients, uh, but not for major stuff no, like that. No, and then they'll they'll refer you to other clients yeah. to do other uh, projects. Might not be as big. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess all you can do is just kind of just present yourself. This is how it is, and then just go from there, yeah. and then keep keep in your lane. I'm just trying to talk to the younger trades out there that want to eventually, most trades that get into the business want to eventually become us GCs managing and doing the job and doing less on the site and doing more in the paper. So I'm just trying to get them like, you might as well start at the beginning. Just kind of set the rules mm -hmm. where, you know, if they start asking you all these design questions, just revert right back to the designer. Yeah. That's their responsibility. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of trades, including tile people, they figure out layout. They figure out tile layout and how it's going to be designed. I'm like, that's got nothing to do with your scope. No. You're there to install what's been designed. Yeah. But they'll still take it upon themselves because they figure, well, I'm here. If I don't do it, then I lose a day. Yeah. Then I got to come back. Then I'm already pushing my schedule. It's a constant battle, yeah. right? Yeah. But I don't think the young trades should just jump and just do it. No. And a lot of times we, listen, designer, not it's not perfect also. No, sometimes nobody they, is. Yeah. No, sometimes they design funny stuff that we have to rethink, rework, uh, and offer a solution or an alternative to, um, to a customer, a homeowner. And sometimes, I would say 25% of the time, they change their mind and say, yeah, I want to change. It's like that famous stamp on the drawings where it says, as per contractor on site, right? I think I'm going to get t-shirts made that's going to say as per interior designer designed, <laughs> right? And as per architect specs, as yeah. per engineer specs, right? Yeah. And then wear those on those site meetings and then I'll just be like, yeah, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go now. So I'll leave, right? But I know it's just everything falls on us. Yeah. It's just like we're the last person that has to solve the problem. The credit goes to them. Yes, all and, the time. And... Uh, the issues goes to you but the thing is don't you find that we're the ones that actually figure out the problem the best way most of the time yeah because we're there on site exactly and plus and you're we, dealing with people that are actually hands-on yeah we actually it. know how to install it yeah a lot of times even engineers listen i have a lot of respect for engineers and things like that but a lot of times they design a beam installation 
but they don't tell you how to install it. It's, <laughs> you go figure it out. Yeah, okay, I'm installing a beam in, uh, in addition in a basement, and I got to support three stories above me, and I got to take out three walls in the basement. It's like, how? They don't care. And I got a house that's two feet away from the wall. Well, yeah. And how am I going to get it in there? Right, it's not their problem. I know it's it's not very heavy to take a pen and write down uh, four ply LVL, twenty eight feet long. No, nope. uh, okay. Now you lift it and you carry it and you get it on the site and you put it together. No, that's our job. We'll figure it out. But that is our job. We'll figure it out. But you're also you have to give us the finish endpoints where it's going to rest and yeah. all this other stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. I do like that part because you get to learn. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. You get yeah, and and, and I like this that. is why I like renovations more than i like the new construction but sometimes they just go crazy i've done projects where it's like the ridge beam so to speak a hundred years ago was a two by four yeah and you're replacing it with an lvl four ply 16 inches or whatever it is and i'm like it's been up for a hundred years with a two by four why am i being asked to put i I just installed a 36 foot long lvl 24 inches high 24 four, four ply on the ridge I've, yeah and it's just two by four rafters if so you have to tie the rafters all to the beam now yes. or you have to sister the rafters and plus sister i had yeah. to sister yeah them. two yeah. by eights yeah did you have to bolt uh, the, the rafters no the beam yeah yeah of course yeah, it's a four ply. You have to bolt. Yeah, four ply. You always. Bolt. But did he make you bolt every twelve or every twenty four staggered? Uh, every twelve. Uh, so twelve on one side, twelve on the other side, staggered pretty much. So every twelve inches. Yeah. You ever get that look from the engineers when they start that you have the drawing, you're on site, you're talking, they're running you through everything that needs to be done. Then you're taking all these notes, mm-hmm. and then they give you this look like. Uh, why are you taking my job kind of thing, right? I go, yeah, because I'm educating myself. I'm learning about what you do. I'm trying to figure it out. So I guess when I'm doing my own house or I'm doing a friend's house or I'm doing something, I can go, you know what? We could put a beam here and it'll last right here. You're basically mimicking what you just did on this job site, right? Yeah. But it is true. We learn. I yeah, love learning right. from these engineers, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I still, listen, uh, a lot of times I still get engineer on site most of the time. I insist. I Most of the time. I say, I just can you calculate? I know triple lvl 12 inch tall is going to be enough but can you confirm it come in yeah no problem yeah then but I, you know then i sleep at night get those timberlands from the 1970s put them on and get on the job site <laughs> <laughs> i know there's lots of dust on them because they haven't seen a job site yet yeah. but get on the site and i always tell the young guys they're there not by the hour they're there for the whole day if you wanted them to yeah so maximize that site visit right yeah. i've had engineers that are literally talking to you as they walking out the front door and i'm like no i'm not done man <laughs> i got other questions to ask you here right yeah. so just take advantage of that situation yeah. as long as the client is signed off on the site visit and you're paying whatever 350 yeah. 550 whatever yeah. it is just maximize the knowledge there. now you got a tutor yeah. That's all yeah. it is, right? It's paid for. <laughs> I want to share a little green book talk here. Uh, I'm, do you use mostly MDF or Poplar when you're doing all your trim and everything for your house? I try Poplar, but it depends it's on client the cost. Based. Yeah. yeah, of course, right? Uh, and I'm not a fan of MDF, but this oh. is actually pretty interesting regarding safety with MDF and its dangers. Uh, MDF, medium density fiberboard, is a composite wood product made from hardwood and softwood fibers combined with wax and glue and formed using heat and pressure. The glue is usually uh, urea formaldehyde uf mdf can release formaldehyde for months or years after manufacturing 
I didn't know that part. Some manufacturers are working to reduce the amount of formaldehyde in the UF or use glues with no added formaldehyde. Formaldehyde gas can cause watery eyes, burning sensations in the eyes, nose and throat, coughing, wheezing, nausea, and skirrent in irritation. Uh, repeated exposure can cause bronchitis in skin and asthma-like allergies. Prolonged exposure can even result in cancer-like in life. Later on in life, uh, to reduce risks, use safer products if feasible, use proper ventilation, keep dust levels down, and with proper housekeeping, use a respirator and cartridges approved for dust and formaldehyde. A lot of guys don't know the difference, eh? They just think they put a respirator on and it's safe. It's not. Uh, and shower and launder clothes at the end of each day. Well, a lot of guys don't shower and a lot of guys don't <laughs> launder their clothes every day. I'm just saying, right? So, um, no, that's a little bit of safety that I want to share. We're almost close to wrapping it up, Tim. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what else I want to ask you, man. What else you want to know? When you're gonna stop? Have you given your clients a stop date for the holidays? Are you going right to the twenty third? That depends. Uh, depends on the project. If I can stop it, I probably stops around around twenty twenty first. Yeah, and continue probably after the seventh. It's always shitty when the calendar works out that the twenty fourth is on a Friday or something like that. Yeah, and then they expect you to work all the way to the Friday, and then no, I don't work twenty fourth. Yeah, I, no, know. I, I, I don't it, like. It. I have to check the calendar for this year. Yeah, I haven't done it yet, but uh, yeah, around early twenties, it's probably twenty twenty first. I've tried to slow down already, and then nobody's working anyways already. Everybody's in that mood, last minute shopping and spending time with the family and that's probably the longest time off you get in a year you got to shift gears yeah that's all it is right yeah so then we're gonna probably continue seven or eight again i gotta check the calendar whatever the monday is gonna be oh so you won't even go back in the one week before for a few days or no you'll I wait to until take the couple yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a couple of weeks good for you you should we celebrate new year's with you know, so yeah maybe take a couple of days off going cottage or something like that so it's good, man. It's good. I, I'm glad that you've got it kind of all figured out, but not all of it figured no, out. You never will. Not yet. You no. never <laughs> will, man. Uh, you want to do the 12 questions now? Sure. Uh, everybody, I'm talking to Tim how do you, uh, Halimov. No, Halimov. 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 No, Hal. Halimov. Halimov. Uh, Ravine View Construction and www.rvchomes.ca and www.ravineviewconstruction.com and info at rvchomes.ca and then on Instagram, rvc underscore homes. What's your favorite construction word? Renovation. What is your least favorite construction word? Cheaper. What turns you on in construction? On schedule, good schedule. What turns you off in construction? Bad clients. What's your favorite curse word? It's Russian. I hope so. Blet. Blet? Blet. What does that mean? Bitch. Blet. I like that one. What's your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? My pickup truck. Your pickup truck? Yeah, I love it. It's what year is that one? Twenty one. Oh, it's brand new. Yeah, it's new. It's it's nothing fancy. Uh, it's Chevy twenty five hundred custom, um, long box, four door. It's perfect for work. Sometimes I use it for family. It's paid for. 
That's all that matters. That's all that matters. What's your least favorite vehicle? Electric. Anything electric? Anything electric. I hate it. I'm in the same boat, man. And in that boat's not electric I, either. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, for yeah, I hate it for a few reasons. I'm a combustible engine guy. I'm sorry yeah. to say. It's just I, I, I'm gonna try to keep the gas engine for as long as I can. I don't know. A lot of the younger guys are saying eventually, man, you'll be on a, you'll be driving an electric vehicle. Mm, and no, no, I think it's 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 for a certain period of time we will have this wave of electric vehicles because there's not enough lithium. Well, not as far as I know, my there opinion, isn't. there isn't. There is enough. There's not enough lithium in the world to produce that. Plus, they recycle. You can't recycle lithium, so it all goes in back in the landfill and does more damage to. To the planet than gas engines. Someone's going to figure out how to take all the dead batteries from tools and put them together and put them into a car. Someone will. Someone. I don't know. Not me, but Not uh, what's what construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, probably a framing gun. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Concrete chipping. It's harsh. I know it's harsh, man. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? A butcher. Butcher, eh? Meat. I love meat. So now you got me thinking about a tomahawk or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I did a job one time. It was for a favor. We were building a deck and we were shooting some video content. And uh, the guy that actually was building the deck was a senior guy, Argentinian guy. And right at the start of the day, 7 o'clock in the morning, he shows up, we're all getting ready, and he sets up his little barbecue, old school, wood, and an arm, and he hangs these steaks wow. from it, and he slow cooks it, and all morning we're just, <laughs> we're just smelling this, right? And I'm like, I'm watching this guy go in there and just taking care of it, nurturing it, and getting it all ready, the wood and all this other stuff. And then he made enough for everybody, and we and it was amazing. It was absolutely. Was that a homeowner? It wasn't a homeowner. It was a, it was a, it was a, a rep okay. uh, for Techno Metal Post, and we were oh, okay. doing this project there on his property. And uh, he hired a specific deck builder, oh, wow. and this guy just does this every time he has an opportunity. And I'm like, you got the perfect job. You're building decks outside, and you cook your own food right there. <laughs> I'm like, it was so good. It was so good. It was like so good. Uh, I have no idea why that came up. <laughs> What uh, construction? Oh no, you uh, construction sound or noise? You no, no. Sorry, what profession? Uh, butcher. Butcher. What profession would you not like to do? Healthcare. Yeah, it's a tough one. Last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Too soon. Go back. Too soon. Go back. Tim, man, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to finally meet you, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm not joking. You do you do solid, top notch quality work, man. Thank you. It's solid work. So good for you that you built this brand and got it out there, and now you've got the respect of it, right? Thanks. So all we got to do is just navigate the world of not get as many bad clients, right? Yeah. And then try to negotiate bad clients. Yeah. That's all we got to do. Exactly. Everybody, check it out again. It's Ravine View Construction, www.rvchomes.ca, www.ravineviewconstruction.com, info at rvchomes.com, and rvc underscore homes. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks, Thank Angelina. You. We're out of here.